Welcome to the Understanding Society podcast series. My name's Chris Garrington and today I'm talking to Dr Andrew Shabilsky from the Oxford Internet Institute about his recent research looking at the impact of playing video games on young people's lives. The main focus of the work was to examine what could be called a, a dose-response model of uh, electronic gaming effects. So the thing that, that I was most interested in is, is do different doses of um, engagement with console-based and computer-based video games, does that actually um, influence the functioning of young people in the United Kingdom? And if so, um, what doses and to what extent? So you made use of information from Understanding Society. It's a great, rich resource. What aspects of the study were you able to, to make use of? There really are two or three really strong bits of the Understanding Society data that, that made it very easy for me to make use of. Um, the first is um, really great gold standard outcome measures so specifically, when I say children's functioning, this is a hotly debated thing among developmental uh, and research psychologists. And so what the Understanding Society Project did in their uh, wave, Waves 1, 3, and I think 5 questionnaires for the youth sample is specifically ask something called the Strengths and Difficulties Questionnaire. So this is a gold standard questionnaire that focuses on five aspects of young people functioning, pro-social behavior, conduct problems, hyperactivity problems, peer difficulties, and emotional difficulties. The second of the three important kind of aspects of the Understanding Society data was the sampling uh, methodology and being able to understand and, and count on the fact that the, the original sample was selected very carefully, it was recruited carefully, and there was a clear explanation of the population weights in terms of response rates, uh, non-response rates, and geographical location. Combining that with the other demographic information actually allowed my research project based on the Understanding Society data to kind of to estimate with, with a pretty high degree of accuracy um, what are the links between different levels of gaming and psychosocial problems. The third thing is that the people who designed the questionnaire for the Understanding Society project, they had the forethought to put in questions about electronic gameplay with young people. And I think by design, um, whoever inserted those questions um, actually picked some pretty theoretically relevant amounts of time that a young person um, could be engaged with games. So what sorts of things were the children asked in the study that, that helped you to look at those questions that you were trying to answer? Quite specifically, they were asked on a daily basis, uh, on the typical day, how many hours, how much time do you devote to playing console-based games? So this is things like the, the Nintendo Wii or the Xbox 360. And computer-based games, so these are things like Team Fortress 2 or any of the games that you play on Facebook. And so really what they did was they asked the, the young people to say, to say the extent which they played. And they gave them, I think, five options. Um, I don't play at all on the typical day. That was about 25% of the sample. I play up to an hour a day. I play between one and three hours a day. Um, and then basically I play three or more hours a day because very few participants actually said they played, I think, for six or seven, seven or more hours a day. So what were the main findings, what, you know, to start with when it came to how much time children were spending playing games? The typical levels of engagement of young people, um, that, that did depend a little bit on the kind of video game we asked about. In other words, so young people tended more to play games on the computer than play games on video gaming consoles. 
So just to, very briefly, I'm going to just talk about the daily computer video game, uh, the computer gameplay. Um, only about 15% of the sample don't ever play computer games on the typical day. So this means roughly 85, 86% of young people in the Understanding Society data set have some exposure to electronic games on a daily basis. Nearly a third play video games on, uh, for up to an hour a day. And uh, the remainder, about 40%, play between one and three hours a day. And then less than 10% play for more than three hours a day. Then, obviously, what you wanted to do is take those you know, descriptive results as you, as you describe them and link them with the other sorts of questions and the other information. What were the key things to emerge, Andy? So mainly what, what, what was found was, um, compared to those who did not play video games at all, young people in the United Kingdom who played for an hour a day or less tended to look uh, tended to look better than those who didn't play at all. If you were a child in the data set and you said I play less than 1 hour a day, you tended to have less of what are called internalizing and externalizing problems. This means lower levels of emotional and peer problems, lower levels of conduct problems, and lower levels of hyperactivity. On the positive side, these light players tended to show higher levels of prosocial behavior. This is caring about the feelings of, of their peers and the adults in their lives and, and sometimes helping them out, and life satisfaction. So this is kind of how positively they felt about different aspects of their lives. Um, in terms of kids who played, young people who played between one and three hours a day, I actually found that there were no differences between those children and children who don't play at all. It was a bit of a wash. Um, I had hypothesized before looking at the Understanding Society data that actually, um, based on past research, that these young people might have more satisfaction with life. They might be kind of more happy about things, um, but they might also have more problems. But the results basically showed that there were no statistically significant differences. Um, and I think that, that this is one of the real strengths of the Understanding Society data here is that if you had just collected a random sample of young people or a convenient sample of young people, you might not be able to interpret that null result. The, the failure to find a result might come down to just the kids that you asked. It was an interesting and it was a, a very surprising finding um, for, for me when there was no relationship there. But I will say, speaking to the children who play uh, quite a bit, which is to say three or more hours a day, these young people showed the opposite pattern of results as those who played less than one hour a day. So they tended to have more of these problems with their peers and problems with, with uh, um, emotional regulation, and they tended to be less happy with their lives and less helpful um, in their day-to-day -day lives um, compared to those who uh, didn't play. Going back to those youngsters who just did a small amount of gaming, I wonder how surprised you were that there were some, you know, it, it would seem some real benefits to, to playing video games. I think, I think that if I had done this research 10 years ago, that would have been a surprising finding. But, but really, in the, in, in the past 10 years, there's been a, a real push among researchers, I think especially researchers who may have grown up with video games, to kind of investigate the ways that video games can create positive experiences in young people's lives. And I think that really a, a lot of the narrative around that has changed um, in the last decades. I actually wasn't surprised about the positive results because maybe in times past, young people will talk about television programs or, or a magazine or something, and that will be the focus of their socialization. Because video games are played by so many young people, it's, part, it's kind of part of the social fabric. And so if you're a young person who doesn't play video games, you might be like left out of that conversation. 
And so I, I thought only for that, that there should be a positive association, um, at least with life satisfaction and, and pro-social behaviors, because um, children might be more socially engaged. Um, but really, there's a, there's a lot of work that, that shows that kids have positive experiences with games. I wonder just what you would say are the key things for, for parents and children themselves and those interested in child well-being, you know, might take away from your, your research. There are many researchers and there are many policy people and there are a lot of work concerned parents who may have inflated video games and electronic games um, up as either something that's just amazing or, or something that's a, a terrible boogeyman. So, you know, oh, the future's technological. Kids have to play video games or they'll be left out. Or, you know, kids waste all their time on video games and don't socialize anymore. They don't go outside. The beautiful thing about using this data and data like these is it allows a researcher to estimate what the overall effects on young people are on the societal level. And so the, the very important takeaway here is that for policymakers and for adults uh, and caregivers is that both the positive and the negative relations in this data, they're very, very small. So, so they're, st- they're statistically significant because the sample is beautiful, uh, because the sample is carefully constructed. But in the best case, less than 2% of the variability in a child's happiness or in a child's peer problems relate to the amount of time they spend playing video games, for good or ill. If you were a young person in this data set and you were playing more than three hours a day, even that high level of play, crowding out a good deal of your free time, potentially, wasn't the primary contributor to your getting into fights at school. 98% of that variability has to do with something that has nothing to do with the amount of video games you play. Electronic Gaming and Psychosocial Adjustment by Dr. Andrew Shabilsky is published in Pediatrics at www.pediatrics.aapublications.org. This series is produced by Research Podcasts.